Welcome to another episode at the Be Guided and Be Great podcast, where being intuitive is understood and being sensitive is a good thing. I'm your host, Kate St. Clair. On this week's podcast, I'm going to share with you the interview I did with a recent student of my 10-week mentorship program. Um, I wanted to interview my client and student and friend, April Moore, to share with you the experiences she had over those 10 weeks and just give you a, um, you know, back of the curtain view of what it's like to go through the process, to learn the tools that I teach you, to talk about how much it's changed her life, just share with you how she didn't really understand that she was a medium her entire life and didn't experience that or understand that until she went through this mentorship program with me. Um, So I look forward to sharing the stories that she and I talk about and share with you. And um, if you'd like to see this interview on Zoom, go ahead and go to my website at katesaintclair.com and go to the mentorship page and you'll be able to see this video. Without further ado, I give you April Moore. Today's interview, I would like to introduce you to April Moore, and she is a writer and a criminal justice student until until July, where you will graduate with a degree in criminal justice. Excellent. (laughs) So we have a lot to talk about today, but and and today's intention is to talk uh, about your experience having done my 10 week mentorship program. Um, but really right off the top of the, right off the top here, I really want to talk about just kind of dedicate today's interview to a very, very special person. Mm-hmm. And his name is Bruce Joytel. 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 Thank you. <laughs> um, and would you like to just tell us a little bit why it's a special occasion? Um, yeah. So today is the 15 year anniversary of my father's passing. Uh, he died in tw- uh, 2007 um, from cancer. Uh, he was only 56, and it was pretty quick um, from diagnosis to passing. Was just a couple of months, so it was it was tough. It was very very hard because we were very very close, uh, very close family. And I think his his death. I mean, I think it changed really the rest of my life to be honest and um my outlook on on death and and things and and, yeah i mean it certainly it shook us and and uh, you know like like i know you've probably heard many times or even experienced it yourself is 15 years is a long time but it feels like yesterday some days and um but i i think what what is also really beautiful out of all of that is that i it brought you and I together yeah. many, many years ago. And, yeah. you know, something I'm very grateful for. And I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised my dad did that because I feel like he orchestrates a lot from where he's at. <laughs> so so I'm, I'm really happy and really pleased. And I know he would be, um, that he is, that we are having this conversation um, today of all days and, and to make it more of a... Um, you know, I, I don't want to minimize his passing at all, anything like that, but it just to change the connotation of today and, and to kind of make it feel not like such a sad day, but um, to celebrate his life 
-hmm. on the day that he passes, but also on his birthdays and every days and things like that. So, yes. Uh, I think it's, I think it's almost 10 years too, since I think it's been a decade since I was introduced to you first. Mm -hmm. And um, was the first time I met you at one of my Ask a Medium shows or did you come for a private, were you referred to me before I did that show? I think you did one or you had, I think you did an Ask a Medium. Mm -hmm. um, and then, but I hadn't really met you and you hadn't, you had met my friend Carrie yes. and I, I believe you had a reading with her and I think she had told me oh, it was such a great reading you should go and um and I think I attended the ask a medium and and I know it's it early on in your career and, and I know you talk about that a lot and but it was to me it was I was blown away and I think I met you very briefly at the end and then I called for a session. Yes. I was told, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I, I just, it's, it, it's never, I never get tired of how spirit works with us because it's like everything's always in right timing. And just even since meeting you, even a decade ago, you know, and the, having the privilege to get to read for you and your family and your in your child and your husband and you were there for how I used to mentor. I mean, you got to be part of my first group and part, part of my first mentorship. And before we talk about that, I, I did want to ask you, um, did you know that you were a medium before your father passed away? And after he passed away, did you have signs? Did you know, did, you know how did you experience that through your intuition? And did you even know it was intuition? When you were going through that 15 years ago no i, I don't i i remember and i i was just looking at my notes because I, I would keep i wrote things down that experiences that happened since he passed away and um he had come to me in a dream although it was not a dream it was an experience and i realized that and i knew it and i and i knew intuitively that it was him visiting me because it was so vivid and it was just what I needed. And he, and, and, you know, it's just, there were aspects of it that he knew how to get my attention and he knew how to, to get me to, to find him in this, where he was and, and down to, I mean, just like so much of it. And so I think after he passed away, you know, there, were, there was that experience. Um, and then in 2008, a year, a little over a year after he passed, my mom and I had the opportunity to go um, to the Lincoln Center and see Lisa Williams. Oh, yeah. And it was of interest. It was so interesting. I knew and at the very end of the show, she would sign autographs and and we kind of held back. There was like 150, 200 people who kind of were waiting in line and, and she would sign, she would get a picture and the next person. And But there was something about that. Both my mom and I were like, you know, he's dad's gonna come through. And we just knew he was there. And by the time we, we, we got up to her and she signed it and then she looked at me, she looked at both of us and she said, did you just recently, you know, lose a, a father figure? And we were just like, yes, you know, and she goes, well, he's here. And she explained to me how 
he was with me when I was, she said, I'm, I'm seeing a, a family wall with pictures mm-hmm. and a fireplace. And literally with like a week earlier, I had been laid out all these family photos and was doing a photo wall on the wall right next to our fireplace. And, you know, it was just that this message that she had from him was just like, first of all, happy birthday to, to me because my birthday was a month earlier. Um, and just that he's there and he's watching and he's leaving signs. And so that experience helped us, I think, pay more attention to our intuition, helped us see, um, you know, pay more attention to signs and talk to him more, things like that. But the idea that I could actually communicate with him or anybody else or was not even I was envious. I was envious of you. I was envious of her. I was envious of people who could do that because it felt so out of reach for me because I didn't, I didn't understand that all the things that I had been experiencing since childhood is not something everyone experiences. It felt so normal to me. <laughs> um, yeah. You did not put yourself in the equation of a medium. It was just like, that's not even possible. Um, isn't it amazing how it takes a certain, it, it takes actual education to put it in the right context. Yeah. And when you lose somebody that you love so much, you experience it on such a different level when you don't understand how that medium part of you, of us works. Right. I have to say like your dad, even um, on the other side, he's, he's one of my teachers too, because up until that point in my career, I, if I did not get the very first person they wanted to talk to, I was absolutely anxious. You know, if, if I knew that they, um, you know, so if I could say, uh, I'll never forget in your first session with me, uh, you know, your great aunt Betty came, you know, and there's this very animated spirit smoking and talking. And she's very, she was wonderful to talk to because she was so textural. She was just standing right there. I could smell her. I could hear her. Yeah. And yeah, I also knew you didn't come to talk to great aunt Betty. So I was getting <laughs> nervous. Like, you know, I want to do a good job for this woman here in front of me. And I just, I gave it one more scan and I very clearly heard Bruce. And I was in that moment, just really aware. I hear him, but I don't see him yet. Mm-hmm. And so I gave, you know, he probably five minutes later, he came in and I could see his beard and I could see the guitar. And so I was finally able to, and I mean, I'd been a professional for years, but really it was that moment where I realized, oh, he's watching Betty communicate with me. Mm-hmm. So like us, they don't always know how to exactly how to interact with us in each situation and yet he was still a wonderful communicator up until that point right I mean he what he told Lisa and the science he gave you guys directly now he's just incredible always he's just one of the best communicators (laughs) and that's still his personality too because he was in radio and And so he was communications was his thing. And, and I think that was an enunciating and, and (laughs) he'd be like, April, come on, get with it, you know, (laughs) but that was just a big part of who he was. And, and so it doesn't surprise me too, that he has become very adept at it now. Um, You know, watching, learning, and then doing it is just kind of who he was. And who, yeah, who he is. So, yeah, absolutely. 
Okay, so you didn't really think you were a medium before that huge, huge transition with your father happened. Um, just really quick, how long after he had crossed over did you have that experience with him? Was it? I think it was less than a year. I think it was probably maybe that summer. I, I was looking at my notes and it was the first thing in my notes. And then the second thing was the, um, a dream my son had had mm -hmm. in like later 2007. So I think it was with less than a year after his passing that I had that experience, um, which I was really grateful for. I think it took me a little while to realize what it was. Um, yes. Were you sort of, I, I know so many of us, including me, uh, were you begging for a sign? Were you, after he had crossed over, were you guys just, I mean, I, I'll have you speak for yourself, I guess, <laughs> but were you just really asking, you know, show me, did you even know how to ask him to show a sign? Right. I don't know. I don't know if I knew at that time. I remember when he passed, really probably that day. I remember thinking, because I had always believed in mediumship. I believed in that sort of thing. And I remember saying to my mom and sister at one point, you know, I even said, I think because I was just so reaching anything. And I think I even said, you know, maybe, maybe there's a medium we could go to, or maybe there's somebody. And, and I think, you know, I think that was, it was too soon, yeah. <laughs> you know? And, and I think, cause my mom, my sister's like, no, no, you know, we're not, we're not talking about that or we're not doing that. And it's like, okay, yeah, you're right. You're right. Too soon. So, I mean, I, I, I had always believed that it, it was maybe possible, but I didn't have enough personal experience to say whether or not it could happen. But yeah, I mean, I think so. I think when someone passes, you, you do crave that. You crave some sort of sign, something to know that they're okay. At the same time, you want to be able to trust yourself that that is really what you're getting. And it's not just wishful thinking. It's not just, you know, looking for something and, oh, that's the sign I need, you know, you know, and so I, I I think after the experience with Lisa Williams, it was more like, okay, there's something to this and there's more that we need to pay attention to. And it's like, my mom would always say like, when she can't find something, she's always like, okay, Bruce. <laughs> within, within moments, she finds it. And it's the same thing with me. So if I can't find something, she's like, ask your dad. And I know, I'm like, on my car keys. What are you talking about? But what he does, so. The benefits, yes. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, I, I think that's it. You know, so what I know about you, especially with this last round of mentorship, is that you are absolutely a medium. Um, you know, and if, if I can share, um, you had been living recently in New York City for a, a few years. Mm -hmm. And can you just share briefly, what were you feeling to even reach out to ask me for a session when you did move back to Colorado? Right. What, were you, um, what was going on at the time? So it was probably around the fall of 2020. And we were uh, living in New York. We were in Brooklyn, quarantined, of course, like everyone else. And I just started getting this uh, overwhelming sense of dread mm -hmm. that it was really pretty mild, but it was always kind of there. And I couldn't explain it. And I thought the only thing that I could explain it was like, well, 
this is COVID, you know, and our, our son is in college here in Colorado, we're in New York. So there was a lot to be uh, worried about. Right. Um, Logically. But, yes. But this felt different. It felt like um, I was dreading. It was dread, not so much anxiety, but dread, like something is going to happen. Um, and, you know, at one point in December, I had to stop what I was doing and I had to like, I had to write a letter to my son. It was, I was so compelled to write this letter to him about how just things I wanted to say to him. And if, if, if anything were ever happened to me and it was, once I had written it, I sealed it, I put it in my desk and I was able to kind of move on, but it was, it was, uh, it was very forceful. It was one of those things that I just had to do mm-hmm. kind of just moved on from it and just kind of accept this whole thing of just being worried and anxious about COVID and, and whatnot. And, and once we had decided to come back to Colorado, I think we also kind of felt like just anxious to get back. Yeah. Um, so we moved back and it just started kind of amp up a little bit more and we, everything, there was nothing going on in my life that I was worried about or concerned about. So I couldn't figure out what was going on. The only thing that would kind of bother me is I had had some trouble swallowing for like a year and I hadn't gone in because of COVID. So once I moved back, um, saw my doctor again, I felt better about saying, okay, Hey, let's get this looked at. And that's maybe that's probably what's bothering me. I'm just worried. I'm anxious about that. So of course it took like six weeks to get that an, an endoscopy scheduled. So I'm like, oh, how, how am I going to make it? Because by this time, the anxiety and really the dread had really started to amp up. And it was, it was crippling. I, it was so hard to keep it together. And I had to just find things to keep myself busy. I, I'm in school full time. And so that helped. Right. And I used to be able to listen to music, like instrumental music when I would work, but I couldn't even do that because it would just make me so sad. Um, but there was nothing in my life that I was worried about, but I just kept feeling like the other shoe was going to drop. Something's going to happen. And I had my appointment, everything went fine. There was nothing wrong. So I thought I should feel better. This, I finally got an answer to something that's been bothering me for a long time, but I never felt better. And I thought, and my husband said, you know, maybe it's time to go talk to somebody. There's something going on here. And of course, my first thought is, well, I can go talk to Katie because <laughs> maybe this is maybe I want I, I want to trust my intuition. I knew how important trusting intuition was, even though I didn't understand um, you know, my abilities whatsoever. I did know the importance of intuition and trusting it. So that's when I contacted you to kind of find out, is am I picking up on something or is this? what is going on here? Because I, I valued and trusted your profession, your opinion and, and what you get. And that's kind of where I wanted to start. Yes. yes. And thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So if, if I can share, I mean, when you walked in, it was obvious to me right away that you had brought two ghosts with you from New York City. And so we were able to talk about 
I mean, if you're bringing ghosts with you, that is a cue for all of us that we're mediums. And so when I said that to you, do you remember what you felt like in that moment when I said, this is what's going on, honey. And this is why, because you're a medium. Do you, do you remember what you felt like in that moment? The reality of it all and how ha you had been feeling for so long. I think that I first thought was relief. <laughs> yeah, um, definitely. That it's like, oh, okay. Well, now I know what it is. Um, and, and then I know that you'd always, you had mentioned to me when we first met that I was a medium, but it, you know, it's one of those things like, well, okay, whatever. Cool. I, yeah, very cool. I got too much to do right now. You know? Yes. Um, so, <laughs> and I think, I think what, when I had gone home, we had talked and you said, look, I will, I will work on removing these um, energies from you and I'll let you know tonight. Yeah. And so I had gone home and, and I, it was about 9.45 at night and I was just watching TV and you had texted and that you were able to remove these energies and, and you said you should be feeling better um, by morning, next couple of days. And I I got up the next morning because I went to bed shortly after that. I woke up, mm -hmm. kind of went about my day. And it was maybe, maybe mid-morning where I was like, oh, I feel great. Wow. Like it was the first time in like nine months, really, that I had woken up not feeling this heavy dread um, that I had to deal with day in and day out for so long. And I, it was one of those things like, like, I can't explain it. I can't explain what happened. I can't explain why all of a sudden I went from, you know, in a, just a puddle every day to feeling completely different. And I haven't felt that way since. And that's been since like last August. So, you know, when you said, so then it all was like, well, maybe there is something to this medium thing <laughs> because it made me realize too, like, so many times just my mood swings yeah picking up on people's energies and never understanding why I would go from this to that and have absolutely no reason no explanation no anything I mean my poor husband for so many years for all these husbands who have meetings for wives are I really sorry um because I think it it he didn't know how to help I didn't know how to help myself because I didn't know what it was exactly yeah 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 I, th I think I think the one of the hardest things to contend with is the myth that if you're a medium you'll know it and you'll <laughs> see all the ghosts and they'll just talk to you like regular people and right. um again especially like you'll know it that's the biggest myth because like you um I finally, you know, when I met my mentor back in 2006, she was like, you can do this. And I didn't even know what she was doing. Like, I was like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know what the hell you're doing. So how can I do it if I don't know? And having trained people since 2007, I mean, there are women in their 60s that I had to say, even when they were in their 50s, you're a medium, you're a medium. And they were like, I'm not, I'm not. And then finally, it's like, we all get to it just the right moment in our lives yeah. where we're ready to just like, well, what does that mean? And then it all makes sense. Yeah. 
it all makes sense how mediumship and being a psychic has affected you over the course of your lifetime. And it is like what you said, like your moods can change and you, you can have these, you know, feelings that make no logical sense, like you were just sharing in your story. And those are all cues that, that not only are you psychic sensitive, but you're also a medium. Mm. And it, it, yeah. Ahead, honey. yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh. That was a turning point. I think was that experience um, with the attachments and, and coming to you and, and having them removed and, and really seeing this was a, com- this is a complete night and day change. Um, and then when we talked about it more, it was like, oh my gosh, it's like so much that it explains about me and like the visions that I've gotten since a kid, the things I heard, the things I've felt since I was a kid, always thinking that either, I mean, I was a weird kid. I'm a weird adult. And now, (laughs) and and I think I kind of feel like now I understand at least partly why. Um, and and that has, and I think that that whole experience last year was kind of the, the impetus to start exploring this more because I guess I, I needed to figure out what to do with these visions, figure out what to do with what I'm hearing and feeling and experiencing, and especially not taking on, learn, knowing what to do with the energies that come in and and have a little bit more control. Um, I think for so long, I just felt so out of control with it, but not really understanding why and how to get control of it so that I can tame, <laughs> tame these things that I get and and also just really brought me so much peace of mind knowing like oh my god that's what that was yes. that's why I was a weird child <laughs> you know it's <laughs> perfect sense in a new level oh, no. well I think the the pursuit of understanding our intuition is it's not only understanding that but the more we understand that, the more we understand ourselves, which I think is the most beautiful gift of learning about our intuition, because we explain ourselves to ourselves yes. every single time we're clear on why, why do we do that? And how do we fix that? And how do we stop that? And where do you start? And where do you end and I start? And the more we understand what intuitive experiences we have, and the more we like finally get to experience ourselves. Yes. Yes, I learned so much about myself. And um, like I said about like kind of explain a lot about myself, but also um, also how to proceed, like how to move forward in my life and not let, you know, anxieties and self-doubt creep in all the time and so now it's like wait a second I have some tools here that I can use to help guide my myself and 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 I don't I don't beat myself up so much anymore either you know because I grew up being told you know you're so sensitive stop being so sensitive you're too sensitive you're this you're that what's wrong with you and and now I I don't owe anyone an explanation but I'm glad to have one for myself, if anything. 
and and I and I feel so much more um, capable, I guess, of, of handling things and understanding what things are. So, you know, I've always been anxious and fearful, and I tr- I think that doing this work has helped me kind of curb that a little bit, so I can stop and ask questions and not work myself up into something and you know it's like the visions that i would i've been getting since i was a kid and different things it's like some of them once i've been able to sort of finally address with your help i don't get them anymore you know i get other ones (laughs) i get new ones (laughs) but there's ones that have just always been with me and stuck with me for so many decades and it was like ones i was able to kind of understand a little bit of what i can do and it's helped me kind of put some things to rest. Isn't that something? Yes, I know exactly what you're saying. Um, So I was going to ask you, how do you think your life has changed since the program? And you already articulated a lot of ways that it has. Is there anything you wanted to add to that, April? Um, How has it changed? I mean, I feel like it's changed a lot. It as I said, it, it's helped explain a lot of things about my life and who I am, um, but also how I can maybe help other people. That sort of thing. once I kind of gain my own confidence in my skills, but um, it just helps me trust uh, my intuition more. It helps me not feel so out of control about what the future has or what's going on. I can stop and kind of talk myself down and get some answers to questions that I have, get some reassurance, um, stop self-doubting so much. And I'm, I'm still kind of terrible at it (laughs) in a way. I mean, I'm still working on it and still trying to build, um, my confidence in it all, but I feel a lot lighter. Yes. You know, I just feel like it's just, it's nice when you kind of figure out your crap. Yes. <laughs> kind of nice to figure out who you are and, and why and, and how you can use it to help you move forward and, 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 and live a life that is not anchored in fear and anxiety. Yes. I think the biggest hurdle is just understanding when I say to you, you are, a, you know, you're a sensitive, you're psychic, you're medium. When we understand it in the right context, right? Because you're you're going through life and things are happening and you're having visions. If you don't even understand that you are psychic, you're, it's happening because you're psychic. We never kind of know how to context it. So like just understanding that part of us gets us over that biggest hurdle. Okay, so if I'm having a vision, oh, yeah, well, because I'm psychic. Oh, yeah, because this is, oh, it's a vision, so it's clairvoyant. You know, it, it helps start to connect the dots so you can, because you now know why you're getting this information, you know, you know why you're feeling it. Mm-hmm. Now you actually can go, okay, there's something I can do here, or there's a reason I keep having this vision. And so it, it is, it's that sense of control, because now there are tools, because you understand that you're you're having this discomfort or, you know, however you're experiencing it because you're sensitive. It's empowering. Yes. Kind of, it gives you a little bit of, like I said, control and power over 
what you don't know and what you've been struggling to find out and figure out. Um, and it's just, it's reassuring. Yes, for sure. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, what do you think was the most difficult part of being a sensitive before going through uh, the 10 week mentorship program? Um, not understanding things that I get. And as I know I've talked about is the visions and, the, and hearing things, um, feeling things, the sensitivities to energies, the, the mood swings. I mean, all of that stuff that just felt felt normal and that's the thing like felt normal to me but if I would talk about it with friends or even my husband you know when I talked to him about the visions I would get because they felt so much like a memory for me but I knew it wasn't of this lifetime and so it's like well what the heck are these because sometimes they'd be very vivid and I could sense an era and so I thought, well, maybe this is like, you know, memories of a past life and maybe some of them are. Yeah. And I would talk to my husband about it and he's like, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> I don't get those. And my friend's like, I don't get those either. And so I'm like, all right, well, forget I said anything. You know, this was, this was just a joke, you know? And so, <laughs> no, nope. it, 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 it just was like a light switch turning on and, and, you know, just feeling like, okay, I can handle this. I can identify what it is. I can find out if it's even my responsibility to deal with. And then yes. deal with in, in, in the way that I'm supposed to or need to. Yeah. Uh, I love that you said that. Yes. I, I, the most profound thing is sensitives always feel responsible for everybody else <laughs> not realizing that's what we're doing because that's just the way we are naturally mm -hmm. and so have you found post mentorship that you are getting more refined there with maybe bringing in some energy or bringing in some sort of somebody else's responsibility and being able to say oh this this isn't mine oh and i don't actually have to do something about this or Mm -hmm. I think that's probably been the hardest part. Yeah, it is hard. Yes. Yeah, um, because you have to trust your intuition when you ask okay. these things, when you meditate and you journal and you, and you do that and you do that work to try to figure out, is this my responsibility? It can be tough to get over that hump of, of not second guessing yourself yeah. because there's still a part of me thinks, well, maybe I don't, maybe, you know, deep down, I don't want it to be my responsibility. And so I will True. pretend that it's not when it is other times, you know, you know, I don't want to ignore something that, that I need to, to address. But I do think that's probably one of the toughest parts is trying to decipher between what is mine to take on, what is my responsibility and what isn't. Um, and it's getting better. Good. Um, but that is something that I think is really important, important for your own just sense of well-being and, and peace of mind is, is to just remind yourself that you don't have, none of the, all this is not your responsibility to take on um, for yourself or others. Um, but having that balance has been really, really helpful. 
Good, good, good. I know, I know having worked with so many people and myself, it's like we want everybody to be okay too. So we can be okay. It's like a, a double permission, but also if we're in the house or in the room with people that are suffering, if you're clairsentient, you feel that. And so for a lot of our lives, I think we've just tried to fix people because we don't want to feel that pain anymore. Not realizing we're feeling their pain. We feel like we're, we're in pain. Yeah. <laughs> it's like with clairaudience, um, until you get a skilled clairaudient ear, it all sounds like your own thinking voice. Yeah, right. So you think your you think your mind is racing. You think you, know, you think things that absolutely have nothing even to do with your relevant life. So you feel mm-hmm. a little bit crazy, and and with time and under this right training, you can fine tune that ear to know, oh, I'm clairaudient. Mm-hmm. Or I, you know, like to this day, I can hear my my daughter speaks to me mainly telepathically, and I will now now I can just say to her, use your words, like don't do that to me, just talk to me, you know. And then it's the same with emotions, where if we're in the presence of somebody that's hurting, and and all of us have to go through our own lessons and our own growth and our own learning. So when we can actually say, oh, is this is this me or is this them? And if we get it, well, it's them, you can ask, oh, is this something I need to help with? Or is this something they need to go through? Mm-hmm. And my job is just to witness or support, or maybe even my, my job is to have a, a firmer boundary yeah. for my own open heart. Cause so many sensitives have big, huge open hearts and that drives us right into our hell and everybody else's hell <laughs> out of the name of, you know, love and wanting to be there. And sometimes we don't have the grace for that. No. And so knowing when it's time to step in or step back or it having that guidance and knowing what to do is incredible, isn't it? It is. And that's one of the things my mom and I have talked about, especially since all this started this work you know she said that I was always as a kid always worried about everybody else and wanted to help everyone else and always worried about people being especially you know the poor the homeless or whomever it was it was always I was always worried about them and and it it does it 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 hurts your heart so much and and I and just caring a lot And, and I think too we have to understand that and we can't process other people's energy and it will stay with us and it will just continue to stay with us. And it could manifest in physical ways if we don't do something, give it back to them so that they can go through what they need to go through. And I have to try to remember that, that I just can't, I, I can take it on, but I won't be able to process it. So might as well really dive into whether or not I need to. Yes, absolutely. Um, how do you think the program has helped, you know, even just that 10 weeks, 10 weeks sounds long, but it's really, really short in terms of, you know, the amount of information that comes through us over that course of that 10 weeks is a lot of change and a lot of information. How, how have you gotten more confident with your intuition and how has that confidence changed in your day-to-day life? Like with people or decision-making, honey, mm-hmm. What ways? Um, it definitely helped with my confidence. I, you know, being in session with you, it was it was really easy to feel confident <laughs> because you could validate oh, yeah. the things that I was seeing and things to do with your family, 
whom I didn't know anything about. So to be able to get validation for the things um, about your own family and, and spirits and in, in who were around us, that was, it was amazing. It was great. And I think it's, it's tougher when you're, when you're at home and you're by yourself and, and you don't, I don't have <laughs> I don't have you to validate <laughs> everything <laughs> yes. for me. And so learning to do that is, is imperative. Otherwise you, you won't continue with this work. And so I had to constantly remind myself of those, um, I guess those moments where, um, you know, I truly was able to communicate, um, information to you and, and just remember those times because it can be really tough when you're on your own, trusting your, your confidence. But the more I do it, I notice the more I, I, because I meditate daily and I journal. And so I, when I write things down, I write everything down. So it may not mean anything that day, but when I go back and, and look at what I was getting before, or I'll write something down like, Oh, that had to do with a week ago, this happened. So those types of things really help. And I, I can't stress that enough. It's just how much you just have to write things down because we get so many things, thoughts and day-to-day -day kind of things going through your mind. And this work is so complex and it's really hard to wrap your brain around it. And the best way to do it is to write everything down so that you can come back and look at things and really truly see how far you've come. So it helps me to do that. Um, it helps me, you know, um, to douse energy. Um, and because I noticed such a big difference. So those types of things help my confidence. I don't see a lot of people right now. My right. school, I work from home. COVID, obviously, we're not going out much. So it's a little tougher to um, try to read friends or read people and get that validation. But I feel like I'm building my confidence in other ways um, until time does come when, you know, we can socialize more and, and kind of, and hopefully I'll feel more confident in bringing it up and talking to people about it. So. Yeah, integrating this aspect of us. And what I love about my work is just if if it's in me, it's in you, you know, and if I understand how it works in me, then I understand how it works in you. And I think that's that's my gift is, you know, and for people that don't know, it's um, a lot of our mentorship work together is I have you read me. And you just have to trust me and you just have to go with what you're getting, you know, whether you're having a vision or you hear something or you just feel something. Mm -hmm. And so for several of those sessions, I'm saying, oh, absolutely. You know, give me more information. And you'll be like, well, there's gray hair or he feels really. And I'll say that's absolutely my dad. That's absolutely what, what he looks like. And it's kind of like for the first time we get to we get that validation in real time. And we mm -hmm. know these people. And so it's really textural and exciting. And it's, I think it's like, you know, my training is like being with a talented pianist. You know, there, if you're a skilled pianist, you know, if somebody's got the talent or not, you know, if what they're doing, even if it sounds awful, there's talent in it, you know, cause you know what that looks like, 
even though the person learning to play the piano might not know what that looks like yet and they don't know what it feels like yet and so it is the the journaling it down is that map for ourselves and I do feel like the the person we always have to prove this work to over and over again is ourselves because A, I think we easily raise the bar on ourselves. So if yesterday you saw my dad, today you want to hear him. Tomorrow you want to, you know what I mean? Like it just, we always raise the bar on ourselves and it's easy to let go of the miracle of what we just did, you know? And that, you know, that the mentorship part is the building where it's indisputable of the work you did. I was there. I witnessed it. I saw you do it. And so it, it, it that takes time to assimilate that, mm-hmm. oh my God, I, you know, I bought an evidential information and then how did I do that? You know, kind of like yeah. building the confidence on, oh my God, I did see that. How did I see it? You know, was it out here? Was it in my mind? You know, kind of learning the texture of where our intuition is. I feel like at the beginning, all of our intuition is in our head. <laughs> you know, the angels and everybody's in there, but really everything's outside of us. Mm-hmm. So over time, we are learning to to get it all outside so we can see it clearer. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that what was so great about being able to meet like when I was, when we were doing the mentorship, I didn't have any, I didn't feel, um, I was, I just, it like flowed. Like I could just like, okay, I know she's not going to judge me. I know she's, I mean, you know, I'm here to learn this. And so it would just flow out of me. And it's almost like, it wants to sound weird, but it was almost like you are like, we're like having my own personal Google. (laughs) Like, (laughs) yeah. Okay. I don't know the answer to this, but I'm going to put it in and and boom, I'm going to get an answer, you know? So it was like, you were my, you know, having that instant sort of like, yes, this is, this is what you're getting. Ask this if you don't know, because I would be so many times where it just was like, I don't know what to ask. I don't know where to go. And so to have your guidance is kind of say, try this, try that, try this. And and so like, oh, well, yeah. And I think that's the toughest thing to kind of remember is like, you can ask questions, you know, that's the whole idea. <laughs> um, I just expect, okay, just tell me what I need to know. <laughs> like, no, you can actually have a conversation. <laughs> it's a dialogue. It's and a dialogue with our intuition, right? And then right. learning to use other clairs, like just because we have a vision doesn't mean that is, is giving us the full picture. And so I like to bring in clear audience. Well, what does that mean? Or maybe we're overcome with emotion and to get it a little bit more separation, like push it off of us and have a vision, you know, is this mm-hmm. somebody else's? And then, oh my God, I see my sister. Oh, maybe I'm, you know, picking up her energy or in, then we ask more questions around that. So nobody teaches us this when we're little intuitive kids. It's right. very confusing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You, yeah you don't even know where to start right you just think oh this is a dream or this is yeah you have absolutely no idea and, and yeah and I and I realized that thinking back like so many so many of my childhood memories that maybe surround this have to do me going to bed at night and because I feel like that was when every I, I felt like I must have opened up because that's when all of the things that I would see and hear and experience and, and (laughs) talking to my stuffed animals 
every single night because it's either they were talking to me or, or <laughs> I needed to talk to them <laughs> or they provided this protective barrier because there was always something that was there around me at night and I couldn't explain it and I couldn't, I couldn't. And, and so it was, I think that's why part of going and, and doing all this work is, has been helpful to clarify what was really going on back then. Yeah. I, I have two things that I love that you said is like, once we really understand what we're doing and who we are, the like so much healing can go back to our childhood when we can context it all appropriately. It's like, right. there's all of a sudden so much compassion for the child that we were. There's so much like celebration for the things we thought or we felt. And the second part of that, though, is what happened is that we we learned to hide from our intuition yeah. when we would open up as little as little people. It is sometimes it is the most, you know, average wise, it's when most people absolutely open up intuitively. Well, or maybe pay attention to it. I think we're open during the day, but there's so many distractions. Yeah. We're not focused on it. But then when it's quiet and dark, all of a sudden we have to sort of confront that. Mm -hmm. And so we're still like so many people are adults trying to shut down at night with teddy bears and with like, you know, denial and kind of pushing it away. And so mentorship is really about, okay, I'm going to look at myself in the mirror and I will see what I see, you know, mm -hmm. no bullshit, no lies. Like I'm going to get to know that image in the mirror. What is this? Mm -hmm. Right. And I can stop feeling bad about yes. the kid that I was and I can stop like trying to forget that kid and trying because I was embarrassed about that or embarrassed about always being made fun of always being embarrassed of being too sensitive or and and push that part of me away and, and not want to think about the kid that I was because it, it was so it was embarrassing and it was because I think people recognize that I was maybe a little different or, you know, especially, you know, with, with my mom or my sisters and my sister. And, and so it was now I don't feel so bad about that, that kid anymore. You know what I mean? Like I, now I don't have to be so hard on myself and, and I'm grateful for that for sure. Yeah. No, we have that in common with the teddy bears and the. Mm -hmm. I used to collect pine cones and very much give them personality. Oh, everything, <laughs> every inanimate object had a personality, and like you had to be nice to everything, even like you know the, the toaster, like everything, <laughs> everything was yeah. When I think I shared with you, um, you know, and then you you turn into women that start dating, you know, and how many times somebody told me, you know, you're just too sensitive and how I would just completely fold because there's not much I could have done about that at the time. And that was used as a weapon. And, you know, looking at it through adult eyes, it's like, I, yes, I was too sensitive and now I have some boundaries and I can manage that, but you're not sensitive enough, brother. You know, like that, that's a cue now for like, we are not compatible. So how it can, when you know you're sensitive and you know, and somebody says that to you, it's like, yes, I am. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Right. It's like my husband says to my son, oh, you're just like your mom. And he goes, thank you. 
<laughs> you know, it's like, I don't know what you're trying to do. <laughs> so but that's good news to me. It's a compliment. <laughs> it's a compliment. Oh, I wanted to just catch really quick. Um, for anybody that didn't know or doesn't know what dowsing is, mm -hmm. um, I'll, I'll just give a brief overview. And then I do want to ask you about how it's changed your life too. Because I do teach that to everybody in week two now. Um, so... I came to dowsing, kicking and screaming and thinking it was super dumb and very cliche. And I did not, I did not see the value of it, but in 20, 2013 or so I had, I was humbled and very thankful that somebody taught me how to douse. And so, yes, we use a pendulum during dowsing <laughs> and Basically, it is a way to remove all harmful entities and energies and belief systems and patterns. And I mean, the amount of things that can clear off of a sensitive person, which again, if you're sensitive, you just bring in other people's energies. And if you're a medium, you absolutely are bringing in other spirits, you know, both high vibrational and low vibrational. And that's just a fact of the landscape. So we discovered you brought some friends with you from New York. <laughs> and though I helped you that night, I very much looked you in the eye and said, okay, honey, I'm going to teach you to douse. <laughs> and so how, how, what did you think of it at first? Cause I think the thinking of it can be a block cause it sounds like, Oh, this is so silly. What did you think of it? And then how has it changed your life? And have you integrated that into your day to day? I think at first I, I was all for it. <laughs> anything um, to help. Yeah. Anything to help. And, and I, and I, and I had every confidence in you too. I, I knew that you weren't steering me in any sort of weird ritual or anything. <laughs> <on>. um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, this will, this will make her feel better. She won't know what it is, you know? So it wasn't anything like that. Like I was like, I, I knew I needed that. And I knew that I needed, and I was very anxious to do it, to be honest. And, um, it has been life-changing really truly has that there's one thing that i've learned from all of this it is the importance of kind of this energetic hygiene that we have to do because it has explained so much about uh things that i i experience and feel and i know it and it i, I get it you know like it's it sounds weird it sounds crazy you got this pendulum but if anyone ever you just have to, it's one of those things like you just have to see it to believe it. You have to try it yourself yes. and you see like, I will watch it and it'll give me a yes. I'll ask another question and it'll stop and give me a different answer. I mean, there's just so much about it that I just like, look, no, you just need to see it. <laughs> just need to see it. And so, yep. and, and I'm learning to now to identify it's, it's, it's a lot easier for me to identify when there's energies around and things that I know just aren't right, uh, things that are settling, things I bring home, things my husband bring home, and I can douse. And I, I'm telling you, like you can just feel the energy go. And because there have been times where, so like when I had gone um, to a family's home mm -hmm. for Christmas Eve, it definitely felt energies and spirits in this home, and it's a they had just moved in to this home. So, um, and then a couple of days later, I'd had nausea for days. And it's one of those things where it's just like, oh yeah, 
I can dance. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Um, and the on the you know the third or fourth morning of feeling terrible, not having any reason as far as like what I ate or anything like that to explain it. I said, I, I need to douse. Like this is, there is some energy here and I'm dousing. And then all of a sudden, I mean, I could feel the, the pain in my stomach just dissolve and gone and it hasn't been back. And, and it's, I know some people think, well, I'm a little nuts, but try it. I mean, it, it is, I really do feel like you know, I bring home these things and, and they settle. And until I douse, it's just like taking an, an energetic shower. You, you, like think of it as COVID. Like you go out and you come home and you like wash your hands. You <laughs> use all the Purell you can't, whatever it is. Depending <laughs> on where you went, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, grocery store for sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but even just coming home and just dousing and, and really, you really do feel a lift of the energy and it's gone. And I mean, I, I think it is, it's like taking this cleansing shower where I've never been able to feel energetically, even keel and okay, like all the time until I started dousing. Usually, you know, I'm like... <laughs> Yeah, this and I can't explain why and I'm like I'm so sorry I don't know why I'm feeling this way I don't know why I have this weird stomach ache I don't know why and I can eliminate all these different things and it's still there and then I douse and you know I immediately feel better yes so I mean I I do think so many people would benefit from learning to douse if anything and then I think it will like open them more up to trusting their intuition and trusting when things are not right and things feel yes. wrong or, you know, you, you feel something's not right with your kid or your husband or somebody in your life that could really use a good energetic shower. <laughs> yes. Well, I think that's such a beautiful point because yes, us sensitives need to know how to douse because <laughs> we kind of are that light. Um, but also really everybody needs to, you know, husbands are out in the world and they can come home and have energy on them or bring something home. I know my son who is also a sensitive, but if he walked two blocks home with a, another little girl in the neighborhood who had a lot of energy and attachments on her, he would come home and act different yeah. because he's so sensitive to the energy. And so a, you have choices, right? You, I would clear him. And then the discussion would be like, I can't do this every day. <laughs> and this little girl, it's not her fault. Not, you know, it wasn't her fault. Um, so we just, you know, I can be honest with like, I can't douse every day, but the price of walking home with this, this person is this. And so as you know, together we could decide what was the best course of action. And so it, it and, and also sometimes when we want to go somewhere as a sensitive, that's highly charged or there's a lot of garbage energy there, but maybe we want to see a friend or, you know, we want to, whatever we maybe now have an option where we could douse before and we can douse after. And then that uncomfortableness is a window instead of days and days and whatever, right. Whatever it turns into the problems it would create for us. Um, I know the first part of my career, I mean, I'm working with all these dimensions, all these clients and the dead 
I had no clearing protocol, April, nothing. I had nothing. And so there were days where I was just kind of seized up. And I, we do, we tell ourselves there's something wrong with us. Mm-hmm. And then there's nobody to tell or nobody to talk to. And so now it's like, if I start to seize up, I go sit down and douse. And it's like, oh, I just need a shower. Yeah. yeah. Our physical bodies, right? We need a spiritual shower and dousing is the miracle. <laughs> it really is because it's not just, yeah, not just energetically, but then physically, like it, it, it does things to you if you don't get it off, if you don't get it out. And, and it's just like the, the attachments, I mean, they made me feel awful. And, and so it was, yeah, I, I, I'm so grateful for having the ability to, to douse and, and that knowledge and instruction because it's, it really has been life-changing for sure. Uh, and especially living in an older neighborhood too and learning how to kind of put this protective boundary barrier around my home as well. Because we, you know, we go for walks and and I know, I, I know there's others. And that's what's been interesting too, is like, I can feel it. I can feel when I walk by certain houses, it's just like, oh, something happened there. <laughs> yeah. We need to go across the street and then we go home, we need to house. I mean, there's just, you know, they pick up more on these things. Um, and so I'm, <laughs> I'm glad I have that. I'm glad I have that in my toolkit um, because it would be a mess. A mess. And I feel like, again, the miracle of what I heard you say was, you know, that house has energy. It's no longer like, oh, I just feel weird all of a sudden. You know, (laughs) we do, we personalize everything. And that's the beauty of mentorship. It's like, oh, no, that's out there. I'm clear. I'm okay. It's out there. It's over here. I need to douse or I can just walk across the street to avoid walking through that energy or whatever. It's like the work becomes less about there's something wrong with you and more about this is happening outside of you. And you have choices about that. Right. 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 Like I don't have to just accept it. Like there's a creepy guy ghost or something over here or just a weird house that is just like, Oh, well, nothing I can do about it. Avoid going down that street. No, it, it's like, hey, no, I live here too. <laughs> and I want to feel good when I go for a walk. I want to feel good in my own neighborhood. And and now it's like, no, now I know there's something you can do about it. Yes. Oh, isn't it wonderful? <laughs> okay. I was going to ask you, how, how has the, you know, I know it hasn't been that long because I think you ended around November, um, but how has has the work changed your relationships, you know, with your husband or your, your, with your, with your son, with your family, how has it changed relationships? Um, that's a good question. Um, I don't know. I mean, nothing, not in in a, certainly not in a negative way whatsoever. Um, my mom is really, she's really open. She always has been about it. And she, and she finds it very fascinating. She likes hearing about it. And, and she's very, um, claircognizant. Ooh, so she's yes. always just kind of, and so we've been able to talk about that um, to where she's just always like, always had these, this feeling just knowing, and she's always been correct. And, and so her intuition is, she's really in tuned, I think with her intuition. Um, you know, as far as my husband, I mean, he's, he's very supportive and respectful of it. And, and, you know, I 
mean, I, I think there's always going to be that the little hurdle to kind of get over where like you can definitely accept it and, and see it, especially when it comes to other people. Sometimes it's not so much when it becomes, you know, when I have a intuitive thing um, or stuff I'm getting that might be to do with, you know, us not in a bad way, but like, Oh yeah, let's get a dog. I am getting this. We should get a dog. And he's like, no, we shouldn't, you know? So, <laughs> okay. You know, this will be a good conversation then, you know, but um, no, he's, he's really supportive of it. And, and, and so I, I feel like, and he asks a lot of questions about it. And, and so it, it's been fun. It's been fun to have something to kind of discuss together and, and to chat about and and he's always wanting to learn he's just he's kind of a sponge with everything and and so he likes to just learn stuff yeah he's and, a smart guy yeah and um it's a good thing that he's just an even killed engineer <laughs> yes. because you know he he keeps me grounded and and uh and and so it, it's it's been really it's been good it's been really good there's a phenomenon where a lot of sensitives are partnered with engineering bonded, stable type partners. And um, it makes perfect sense to me. So we can anchor to them while we're out in the ethers, which is where our natural kind of <laughs> state mm -hmm. and it's that yin yang, right? So I've seen couples that are both sensitives and it's a nightmare. I mean, even between my son and I, it, depending on what we're all going through, if we're both emotionally charged, that's hard. It's hard to deal with. Um, I'm the parent, so I am the one that deals with it. But um, it, I really do appreciate the husband that is typically stable and mm -hmm. doesn't have a lot of experiences because he can. if we have to douse so much for ourselves... If we had a sensitive partner, we would be dousing. <laughs> it would be a whole other, it already can be a whole other job sometimes. It so. would be, it would be terrible. <laughs> It'd be terrible. And yeah. Really quick. I did want to, I, I, I do think it's important for some people to hear about how it's changed um, your thoughts or your relationship with your son mm -hmm. um, in terms of worry, you know, just being a mom and your son, you know, he's, he's out of college now and, how has understanding your intuition helped manage all the motherly feelings that we have for our children? Wow. Well, now I now I feel like I have more ammo for him to listen to me more. <laughs> oh. No. I like that. Son, you realize I'm psychic. I can tell you what you need to be doing, right? Wonderful. Uh, no. Um, <laughs> he's always been very um he's such an old soul and he's very intuitive himself. Yes. So he gets it. He understands it. So that part that, that as far as talking with him about it, um, he's very open to it and, and understanding. And, and he, we've talked about experiences he's had. And um, I think I'm still trying to learn that I'm as far as trusting my intuition when it comes to worrying about him. And I think that probably is one of the hardest parts. And it's also one of, I think it's also one of the reasons I wanted to do this work. Maybe I didn't realize it in the beginning, but I needed to do this work so that I wouldn't be so crippled with anxiety about him and his safety. And, and you know, he's not one of these kids. He's not, I don't, I don't worry about him making bad decisions or choices. 
It's all the things that I can't control, all the things he can't control, all those, you know, the freak accidents or this or that. It's always just, there's, you know, just going through your head of all these things that can happen. And I wanted to like stop that because it's just not helpful. It's not helpful to me, to him. I want to be able to trust that he's fine. Everything is fine. Um, and I'm slowly learning how to do remote view to see him when I'm feeling like, hmm, am I just worried or is there something more to this? And, and I think the tough part is, is trying to decipher between what I'm getting, what I want to get, yep. and trying to separate the two and, and, and realize that I need to separate myself and my feelings from it. Um, I really want to look at it objectively. Yes. And again, they, these are all just tools, um, especially with that, that mother heart. It is, that was an area I used to really spin out to just all the dooming and glooming and, oh my God, something bad's going to happen. And now I can just, and we'll talk about this, but I teach you to have a relationship with the birth guide. And so to have a particular being to go to for all of the answers to your questions that inevitably come up, especially around our children, where it's harder to get clear because we have, it's like, is anything wrong? And then we go, <laughs> no, so are they okay? You know, we don't want to hear the answer just in case it's a, no, they're struggling, you know, oh, how do you accept that? Right. But when, when we can ask questions and when we can, even if our children will go through hard times, you know, no matter how psychic we are, no matter how much information we can give them, they will go through times. And the beauty of having a relationship with your intuition is to somebody for you to anchor to, you know, is this, is this a transition they're going through or, you know, watching our kids struggle or change or have to reach it's, it's agonizing sometimes. And so the intuition is just another tool for us to anchor to. Um, so we don't cross the boundaries with them. You know, <laughs> are you okay? Are you okay? You know, what, what know. are you doing spinning out? Mm -hmm. Texting and calling. And <laughs> right. They're just sitting here worrying. Yeah. My next question was, um, have you, have you been able to integrate a relationship with your birth guide? I'd also like to ask you, what did you think about when I told you about your birth guide and did that feel too far fetched or was it easy to connect to the birth guide or was that really hard? What was that like for you? I think it was easier to at first see your birth guide. Yeah. Um, right away. And not knowing anything about what she looked like or who she was. And then to describe her to you, that, that gave me confidence in knowing that, okay, if I can see your birth guide, I should be able to see mine. Yep. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and oh, in time. Yep. Yeah. And in, and I think it did. I think within a, a session or two after maybe, maybe the next session after that, I was able to see her, um, or at least have an idea of who I think she is. And you were able to validate certain things about her that you could, that I was also seeing what she looked like, her demeanor, things like that. And, and so I never questioned her existence or anything. Yeah. 
I kind of think of her as she stands in for you when I'm not, when I'm not in with, you know, a session with you where I can feel like, okay, if I can't talk to, and I know that I can talk to her even when I'm with you or anything else, but it was just like having your immediate guidance was always so helpful. And I'm still trying to remember and keep in mind that she's there for me 24 seven. And so when I do have questions and do have things, she's who I, who I need to, to talk to and reach out to. And I'm still getting there. Sometimes I, I forget that I have her. I forget that she's there. And, um, Sometimes when I, I feel like I should feel her more when I'm thinking of her, maybe I don't, or it's one of those things that I, you do have to just constantly be practicing and doing it and inviting her to come and stay. You know, people, I I think it just works with people too. If you don't let them know that you acknowledge them you know, they're not going to make themselves necessarily known to you. Um, so I, it's getting there and, and it's reassuring to know that she is there. Um, and it's starting to get there. It's a relationship. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, the birth guide is another being that holds our chart to help us. The one being that specifically helps us live the life we wanted to have while we're here and so when people it's they are just a they're like people so i know from my birth guide if she told me to go left i'd go right like (laughs) i did not like even when i talked to her i i still didn't necessarily trust her i thought i had a bunch of leeway so she's like you know don't let this person in your home i'm like it'll be fine i'll be fine you know (laughs) and i didn't i didn't quite i did not I didn't understand quite the dynamic of the relationship and that it is a relationship that develops over time and over time only. And they communicate with us in their own way. Not any, no birth guide is alike, you know, mine's different than yours. And the reasons for the way they are is specific to who we are. And we have that respectfulness with them. I think I was like a year and a half into my relationship with her. And then she yelled at me because I got myself into a dangerous situation as I usually did. <laughs> and that's where I was like, Oh wait, she's, she's mad. Like <laughs> I didn't think they could get mad. So there goes that delusion, but it's like, she cared so much. And I kept, if she'd say left, I go, right. Just cause you know, I have that rebellious part in me and I have that pattern of, I didn't like authority, you know, so she, it, she helped me heal so many of those things where it's like, if she tells me to go left, I go left full hearted. There's no discussion of right, but I, it took me a long time to get that trust and respect for her. So when I hear you say, you know, also they've been around us since we were born. So there is not going to be this like celebratory party. Cause just, you actually see your birth guide and that feels so textural and so amazing. I mean, no, it's like, it's like saying to you, you know, you have a left hand, you know, you you can look at it, but that doesn't mean it feels different than it did the second before I said, you have a left hand. It feels normal. That's so true. And I think that's what makes it really difficult. It's like, oh, she's been there this whole time. And, and it wasn't like, 
oh, I've, I've never seen you before. I have never noticed you or never, you, you kind of realize, oh, I've been seeing you for a really long time. I just didn't know that's who you were. I didn't know that's who you were to me. And, and so it's kind of like, oh, well, nice to officially meet you, but <laughs> in there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. I, I know. And what is the procedure and how do I behave with this person? And then how do I ask you questions? Cause I literally never asked you questions right. unless I was in agony. And then I felt like you didn't answer me when I needed you to. So there's, it is like, it's a complex relationship to go forward in. Yeah. Because I almost feel like I need to be polite too. And I think we've talked about that too. It's like, I need to stop being so polite or I'm not going to get the answers I'm, I'm needing because I don't want to offend anybody or I don't want to, be too personal or am I allowed to ask for that? Am I allowed <laughs> to know this? And I think that's the biggest thing to get over. It's just like, how much of this, how much of this work, how much of what's out there, the other side, all that, am I allowed to know? Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's kind of been the biggest maybe hurdle to kind of get over is I'm entitled to know as much as what they want me to know, but then how much is that? Am I allowed to ask that? Am I allowed to ask this? Is that too much? Is that for me to go through and not know? And so it's kind of trying to figure that out too, um, to know what to ask. And am I allowed to ask? Am I allowed to get an answer? That kind of thing. Oh, what a, what a profound statement you just made. It is. It's, and and the, there are spiritual teachers that say, you don't have the right to question heaven. Well, I say, if, if I am, you're already feeling and you're already remote viewing and you're already everything. So you absolutely have the right to even to at least get a yes or no. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the reason I a encourage relationship with birth guide and B encourage development of other clairs is so if I'm afraid I can, I'm really clear audience. So if I'm really, you know, so I can talk to my birth guide naturally and I hear her and it's no big deal. But in those moments where I'm really scared, I need her to stand in front of me. I need that head to move. Yes or no. Um, And I do demand uh, some answer because my humanity is important. Yeah. You know, and so it, I like to get big swaths of information <laughs> and they will absolutely block us on stuff. That's not our business, not our problem. They work really hard blocking stuff from us, but to get that extra, I'm going to ask is, you know, I'm going to ask these questions and I trust you to give me just enough information, you know, but you don't know that until you, you, I, I feel that too. I'm so passionate about that. Part of this work is so much of this work is voice recovery. You know, it's like, I, I too did not think I had the right to know. I didn't think knowing was even an option, <laughs> you know, it's like, I guess you'll just tell me if I need to know, but then we block yeah. clear audience, you know, cause of my disbelief. And so you're, you're, you're finding your voice. I do feel like we're becoming like, what's the word where they conduct like a conductor, 
you know, where, where we are finally going, oh, well, if I can hear the spirit world, this is what I need from the spirit around me. Like they don't get to be in control of me. I need to learn to have some control over my environment, over my clairs, over my sensitivity. And so it's a total switch of reality where instead of always being passively, just getting what we get kind of, we're learning to say, no, I need this from you. I need you to say it again. I need you to say it louder, you know, whatever that is. Cause sometimes they'll answer us, but it's quiet. We didn't hear it. So we're like, ah, I didn't get it. But rather it's like, oh no, say it again, say it again. Oh my God, I'm, I'm afraid. So I can't hear you. So stand, you know, stand in front of me, move your head. And we've talked so much about that with you and with so many fellow sensitives, that politeness absolutely can derail our, our, our intuition because we don't want to offend. We don't want to cross a line. Um, and in so many instances, that's not even possible. You know, like with me, there's no question you can ask me that's offensive because I know you're only asking because you need to know. So mm -hmm. I'm going to get you the answer. Otherwise, you wouldn't be asking me. Right. And the sooner I get you the answer, the sooner you heal that. And it's just the next amazing thing you get to experience with the totality of your intuition and your connection to the spirit world, which you already are connected to. You might as well know how to keep going, <laughs> you know, right. and how to organize how to stop stuff, how to start stuff, you know, to, you get to have control over this. Right. Cause otherwise what's the point, what's the point of having it? what's the point of ability to do it? If you can't live with it in, in a, in a harmonious way, um, so that it, you know, benefits you and your life and those around you and obvious. And, and I think that's what I've learned too. It, it Hey, yeah. Start demanding. Hey, if you're going to give me this, if you're going to show me these things, if you're going to make me feel these things, I have a right <laughs> to demand more answers and more information. And then let's, let's figure it out yes. um, and move past it. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And maybe there's just a myth in the spiritual community that to be spiritual, you have to be nice. <laughs> and I guess the way I riff, I, refine that is to be spiritual. You have to be honest. Mm. We have to be willing to hear whatever the truth of the truth is. That is to me, the place where I anchor to as often as I can, because yeah. that's just where the clarity is. It's in the point of truth. And so we've talked about this, not to go on a tangent, but it's kind of like, sometimes you have to have the voice to yell at the kid to get out of the road. You know, and a please and a thank you, he might already be ran over. <laughs> you know what I mean? So right. like, get out of the road. You know, we're, sometimes we're learning to just, you absolutely have to talk like that to the spirit world. Um, and I, I, I imagine as I'm saying this, there's that paradox where they're also not, you know, they're not our Santa Claus. You know, they're not our servants. So we, with everything, we're learning paradox. We're learning to find our voice. We're learning to ask. But so many of, I mean, everybody I work with is asking because of the, the, the openness of their hearts. I don't work with people that want to know intuition so that they can get the best parking spot and, right. you know, become, you know, whatever, you know. <laughs> I could go it down. doesn't really work anyway. So, <laughs> yeah. You don't, we don't get lot of numbers. <laughs> Sorry. No, <it's> okay. <laughs> don't ask. 
Yes. So I, I guess just to put a fine point on that, when you know who you are and you know why you're asking your guide or you're asking for clarity, it's not hard to ask anymore. You know, it's like it, when you know your role as a mother, it is not hard to mother because you know what your job is. You know what you need to do. And you're not afraid of being an asshole if you have to. And you're not you're just not afraid of the scope of being when you're in that role. Mm-hmm. And I think the sooner you kind of let go yeah, of yeah. that, the more your intuition gets stronger and the more, the better you get at it. Because if you're, you know, you're like this, like, oh, I don't know, I can't, you know, you're never going to really understand it or grasp it. And then you never make any progress. So yeah, I think it's just, hey, use your big girl voice and get in there and ask questions and what's the worst that can happen? You know, it's just like, just keep doing it. And, and, and it gets easier at first, like, you know, during mentorship, it's like, I have no idea what to ask. I have no idea what I'm allowed to. And that, so having that guidance from you has just been extremely helpful because I'd be like, oh yeah. So, and then I would ask, you know, it's like, oh yeah. And then, oh yeah, (laughs) I know I can ask that. Oh yeah, I forgot. So just keeping that kind of stuff in mind um, is is super important for progress. It is work. Yeah. Well, and, and also to make a fine point, I don't know. It's the paradox of when you can read somebody else and there's that separation because they're not you. It's like only then can you read yourself clearly. Like you said, I have you read me because what does my birth guide look like? What did she say to you? And how did she say it? You know, so then you can be like, well, if Kate has a spirit guide, then I do too. So it, it, you have an actual experience with my loved ones on the other side, with my family, with my guides. And then Mm -hmm. you can go, well, that's what that felt like for her. So let me sit in meditation and let me scan out the way I did for Kate, pretending I am her or whatever. We can do different little games, but it's that paradox. Like the clearer I could get with you, the clearer I am for myself at the beginning, Mm -hmm. just to build up these psychic muscles. Mm -hmm. Um, Because then if I say to you, oh, go ahead and be clairvoyant, you're just, you probably seize up, like, I don't even know what that means. Mm -hmm. But if I say, hey, look at this or scan out clairvoyantly, what do you see? And in a trusted situation where you, there's no judgment, you are just playing, you are just practicing, you know, there is no test here, but you're brave enough to connect your voice to, to the guy, you know, to your clairs. It's, it's scary at first. But then you say what you get, and I can absolutely give you evidential reasons why you're right, which I see it over and over and over. And it's just incredible. Just and incredible. exciting. And it's you did it so fast. Yeah. It's, it's just exciting because you're like, what? Really? You know, and, and it, it is. It, it's just, and there's no other way to really learn it, I don't think, until mm-hmm. you have someone who says, this is what it generally, you know, this is what it looks like. or yes, you are on the right track. Yes, you're doing that. And it, I, I mean, I feel like I was trying to figure this out on my own. I'd be floundering and I would be second guessing myself and I wouldn't, I wouldn't be where I am with it now because I, I think I would just be kind of, it's so complex. Yes. And to have someone to say, Hey, this is what it looks like. This is what it feels like. 
then it's like, oh, okay, that now I can see that and I can sense that. And I know now how to look for my birth guide because I can see yours. Yeah. yeah I, I, having the mentor, it's just, there was, you know, I remember when I can, there was a, a Chinese proverb that always stuck with me. It says to know the road ahead, ask those coming back. And it was just, and that's kind of just how I feel like there's so much we can learn on our own and it's important and we have to learn the lessons on our own, but there are just some things like this that you really need, you know, someone who is caring and understanding and who's been there and can explain how it goes. Otherwise you're just going to be spinning. Unfortunately, I think it's really hard to, you'd be making it much harder on yourself than it needs to be. So. I love that you said that because I, um, when I got into my training group in 2006, I was one of maybe two that were, was born psychic medium. And so a lot of these adults that I was with, they were just excited. It was all positive and everything was awesome. Well, I could like just saying my voice, I would get terrified because I had no voice. I couldn't even say my name. And then I, I'd be getting these huge downloads, visual, like clairvoyant information for them, but I didn't have a voice to tell them. So I kind of stood back on myself and I, you know, I met a gal there that came to the work about six months before I did to my mentor. And she came to the work because she lost her eight-year-old son to the flu. Mm-hmm. And so I saw this woman, like she got into mentorship, then she started doing public readings and then she wrote a book and she's just like going full force, you know, and I'm still sort of finding my confidence, even though I could do it and I could do it well. I just didn't, again, cause there's, it's different when you're born psychic medium, we file things away under really false titles and we lies. And, and so you can't pull nonsense out and use it accurately, you know? <laughs> so we, I, I know one time she, I was doing a charity event and I was really nervous, just absolutely terrified. And she's like, like, what the hell's wrong with you? Like, why are you so like, you're so good. Like, why are you not confident? And I didn't, I didn't have the words for that. I couldn't language to her. Like, cause this isn't, this isn't the first rodeo. Yeah. Like I experienced rodeos up to this point under the horse, you know, getting my ass kicked. Yes. <laughs> you know? Cause we have this lifetime of all this stuff behind us that we haven't figured out what that was. And it almost like kind of trauma and experiences that we still had to deal with and figure out what that was where, and and a lot of the stuff that we've carried with us into adulthood where other people perhaps, you know, they didn't have that, those experiences as a kid to kind of pull them down a little bit and pull them back a little bit. Whereas, you know, being born one, there's just so much, attached to that so much trauma attached to that as a kid that it takes you a little while to kind of learn what that and accept it and deal with it it does because i all that time we're personalizing it mm-hmm. all that time you're the sensitive weirdo you're the you know you you, you it's all personal to us and so it's really terrifying it's extra terrifying Um, I think to come to the table, even believing that there's possibility that we can organize this and we can make it make sense almost for the first time. Again, 
because it's not new. So it's extra confusing because it's yeah, not like a new texture. It's just a new filing. Yeah. You thought it was a fantasy or you thought it was something different. You thought it was just your overactive imagination. You thought it was this. So it has been filed as something very concrete. And now it's, you have to remember that, no, that was this, but you still, it's still hard to remember that and, yeah. and move past that and move yeah. it into a different file. Cause you're still looking in the old file. <laughs> for it <laughs> yeah under, i'm gonna fail or <laughs> this is gonna suck you're yeah. not too sensitive right or, I, I think that's one of my superpowers you know that was one of the things i thought definitely crippled me at the beginning of my career but when i look back to all the ways it was so hard or it was so scary uh, you know so when i see you like this is hard and this is scary i'm like oh yeah i know exactly what that feels like yeah. i know exactly what that feels like and I know you're going to overcome it in like five minutes here. And I'm going to show you how to overcome this. Right. And then you just do it. Right. But if, if it hadn't been so complex, there's no way I could understand that in other people. Because like I said, I had a lot of people that were kind of doing the work, like, why are you not as confident as you are? And I could not explain that. I just mm -hmm. cannot explain that. I had to find my voice. I had to be confident. I had to, and maybe for me to, I wasn't satisfied with just experiencing it. I had to understand why. Yeah. Why do I pick up other people's feelings? Why do I talk to the dead? You know, why do I, why, 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 why? And maybe that's what my career had been really devoted to is, oh, I'm going to find out the whys so I can give you the why. Because mm -hmm. I feel like, I definitely feel like, and I've, I know this for my own self, and I know this by working with other people, we can almost go through anything if we know why we're going through it, mm -hmm. you know, and that there's an end to it. Okay. I can endure. Like to me, that's where my endurance comes from. It's like, okay, why am I going through this? Oh, I need to learn this. Mm -hmm. well, I and just I, accept that. Go ahead. Hun. No, yeah. And I think to your point about asking the whys, because we grow up wondering why, and we grow up with the whys. And so it's like, why am I this way? You know, why can't I be this way? Why can't I be, like so-and-so, why, why do I have to be such a weird kid? Why do I have to be so sensitive? So it is, I think you just have, we have, unfortunately, it's like having to, we have to find out why first. We have to ask those questions and then, okay, this is why. And then now what? <laughs> and yes. so I think that's why it is so hard is because we've been asking ourselves why you know, for so long and not understanding, not being able to get an answer. Yeah. So it's, it's embedded yes. in there. And, and it's also trying to move past this, I guess, stigma, whatever it is about being sensitive and learning to accept that about yourself, which can really take a long time. And because you don't know if other people around you, all the people who knew you growing up, all the people around you, whether or not, they're going to like say, oh, that's why, you know, <laughs> or if they're going to still think you're weird and think you're even weirder. So yeah, it's, it's a tough thing to wrap your brain around. I think well, grow up that way. It is. And just being able to admit you and acknowledge you knew that they were thinking you were weird. So that, again, it's just another cue that you are so telepathic or you're claircognizant or you felt that 
you know, you felt like, oh, you think I'm weird, even though they didn't say that to you. Yeah. Nobody said that yeah. to you. Maybe family did, but you know, <laughs> in my case, I mean, I definitely got that. But like, you know, some, like I said, boyfriends would say, oh, you're too sensitive. And it's like, I was, I mean, how do you just, I couldn't dispute it. But again, now that's my superpower uh, that I've turned into gold, <laughs> absolute gold of my life, my sensitivity. So mm-hmm. I can talk to you forever. So mm-hmm. I'm going to try to wrap this down. Um, let me just kind of ask you a few more questions. Um, yep. We covered that. <laughs> I think one of the things I want to button up is anxiety so since you, you know, we've, we've talked about, you can douse now, you can talk, we've talked about, you know, where energy is coming from now and, you know, you can do things about that. Have you had much anxiety since ending the program, honey, or how has that been for you? It's been a lot better for sure. Um, I trust things a lot more. Uh, I trust myself a lot more. Uh, I don't feel so out of control. I think when you have a sense of control and you have like a way to find out information, I have an avenue, then I don't feel so, okay, I can be worried, but guess what? I have this tool and this thing that I can go to, to kind of help answer some questions. So I'm not as fearful. I'm not as um, anxious. I'll always worry about my, my son, always worry about my family. I mean, it's just natural. Um, but I, I don't think I'm not as crippled by it, not as debilitated by it, I think. And, and and I have a lot more sense of peace too, just knowing just what is out there and who was out there, who was watching us and who was, who was guiding us too. And, and knowing that I do have a purpose that I do have whatever that purpose is, I trust that there is one. And I know that if I'm worried about whether or not I'm on the right path or on the right track, I can find out. And I can ask these questions. I don't have to be floating around waiting for the universe to finally smack me upside the head with something. Um, how many times have we done that, right? Like Absolutely. We, we look back and all the signs that we were given that we ignored didn't see, didn't bother to to look for. And then something happened that knocks us on our ass and says, Hey, I've been trying to tell you this for a really long time. You've been suffering needlessly um, because you just have been going along and and not trusting your intuition and things like that. So having that ability, that trust, in that has been really instrumental in, in alleviating a lot of my fears and anxieties. And, and like at night, like even just going to bed at night, like going back to my childhood and seeing and hearing the things that I was, I go to bed at night and I, I might, I don't let my imagination, I don't let these things in. I don't let these things bug me anymore. And I can say, Hey, mm, I got tools. I got boundaries. I have things and you, you cannot bother me anymore. And, and so that is, that's been, that's been wonderful. That's really has been a gift. I think out of, out of all of this is, is, is not being as fearful as I was. Um, It's wonderful. Yeah. Of course I could ask you more follow-up questions, but out of respect for time, (laughs) uh, I'll ask you one more question. Uh, 
So do you think that the 10 week investment was worth it? Absolutely. Time and money. <laughs> so why do you think it was worth it? It was so worth it. I mean, I think most people would pay anything to have peace of mind on things. I think for me, it was so worth it because I don't feel so just stricken with anxieties and fears. And, and I have answers to so many questions, all the whys, like I am, it was exhausting and it was exhausting to always feel um, like there was just something off about myself or just something that I could never put my finger on, or I could never answer that question, or I could always feel so different, but not know why. And, and maybe, I mean, that is just the nature of all of us. We are all different and, and we don't have to always know the why, but right. I, I do believe that with this type of work, this type of stuff, you know, it can be so scary if you don't understand it. And I was tired of feeling scared and I was tired of taking on energies and tired of um, not understanding what divisions and what I was hearing and what I was feeling were. So um, I never would have, I could read all the books in the world. I could read all of those types of, of, of things, but I, until I have somebody who has been there, has, can understand it, can, can guide me through it. I mean, I would still be wondering why I'm this way or what the hell is this? Um, and so absolutely it was worth it because I also know that it, I'm, I'm going to carry it with me throughout the rest of my life too. And it's going to continue to pay for itself. It's going to continue to um, make me, I think, a stronger person. And whether I go on and I help people like you do, or whether it's just helping my family or keeping the energies happy in my house, whatever it is, it's all the above. Yeah, it's it, it was worth every penny and the time and, and the effort and 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 all of that. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm grateful. I mean, I, I think I know I've told you, I, I, I just don't know where I owe you so much gratitude because not just for this mentorship, but with my dad and, and all the guidance over the last decade too. Um, so much peace that that has brought me about the death of, of someone so close to me. Um, but being able to to do this work um, through you, with you, I just, I, I can't thank you enough. I really, I, anybody who goes through it, I think would, would feel that way um, because I, how could they not get answers to questions that they probably have been asking themselves um, for so long and, and to finally get that is really um, priceless, so. For sure. For saying that. I have to, before I let you go, I have to, I mean, it's like when we're brave and we share this work with others, you know, I was so scared of what people would think of me. And yet I did not consider what the relationship of working with others would give back to me. I just didn't even consider such a thing. And I get to meet people like you and I get to meet people like your dad and your whole family. I know 
a lot of your family and they're just <laughs> some of the most incredible people. Mm-hmm. And I think about just watching the incredible work you've done right in front of my eyes and getting to witness that and share in that moment with you. And I think back to like my first or second Ask a Medium show and your whole, you know, your whole family was there mm-hmm. and your son was probably 11 at the time. Yeah. He comes up to me after a show and he's being brave, but his eyes are filled with tears because you had a little ghost in the house and he had just come up. And I, I think about, you know, I was really terrified even a decade ago. I was super scared to present and, you know, do public work as a medium and would it work on cue? (laughs) I still had all that terror. Yeah. And I, you know, just looking at your son's eyes and saying, you got this, buddy, you got this. There's a reason you're seeing it. You got this. And then to get to watch the man that he's become and to know how intuition is such a huge part of your family's story. And the more you understand how it works for you, the more you'll teach your whole family how it works for them. Right. And then we just expand this part of who we are as spirits and integrate it into our humanity. Totally. It's like the more intuitive we are, the more humane we become because it's a, oh. it's a part of our human experience, right? We're all connected. And even astrophysicists, you know, they all believe in all that connection and energy and the tree of life and how we are all a part of it. Like, how could we not be able to do this? And because we are all connected. And and I have to say, yeah, that when my son approached you about that, that that changed his life. I mean, that changed things for him because you gave him some tools to use for boundaries and protective, um, you know, techniques for him. And he you know, he never felt better after that. And, and I think seeing, and like you said, it's all, it's like teaching people this kind of work, then they start to see and they teach. And I think that's how my son has kind of done that too, with really understanding and embracing it in his own life. And he's 23. I mean, he's busy. He does his own things. No, he's not going to really sit down and meditate and, and do that kind of thing, but it is a part of his life. And I'm, I'm glad that it is. And, and he, he may not totally hundred percent trust that my intuition is not, you know, there's not some mom in there, <laughs> but, yeah. but it does, I think it, it, that, that was a big life changing moment for him. I think when he met you and, and talked to you about that too. So um, it's very so, grateful for that. Oh, you're so welcome. It's so full circle where right. you to give look your son in the eye and know how to help him. Where one, you know, once upon a time I was the kid, maybe too proud to even cry, and there was nobody to ask for help. So hit, you know, healing him, helping him heals me. And it's just this full circle of all of us just right. being healed. Before I let you go, um is there would is there um, an email address or honey that you would like to share? Is it Folsom? Oh, I'm going to have you back for another interview because you have this fabulous book called Folsom 93. Is that what the original was called? Folsom's 93. Mm-hmm. Folsom's 93.com. So that's April's book. And then you are having, would I say a second reiteration of it, a second publication of it? And when do you expect that to, to launch? 
Right. Yeah. That's okay. the thing. You're trying to work on it with school. It's in process. Okay. Yeah. I have a new publisher, got my rights back because I wanted to incorporate more information and we're taking kind of a different spin on it. So it's more of a, from a social justice aspect rather than a true crime. So um, hopefully, fingers crossed, I can get my crap together, get it uh, <laughs> a new draft by this fall. Um, at least the first phase, uh, hopefully 2020, like late 2023. Um, but yeah, it's, it, this work certainly does explain a lot about my fascination with history and crime and, and that, and that sort of thing. Um, my, my love of nostalgia in a way. So, um, but yeah, so that's my my life is, is, I think a big part of it too, just when you say talk about talk about filing things and imagination, and, and I think like a lot of writers, where do they get their ideas? Well, I don't, I don't know, but <laughs> there's more to it than just imagination. So, yes. yeah. Well, you're in your compassion as a medium for a subject that a lot of people would not endeavor to do, and I've mm-hmm. watched you confront things that. It's pretty incredible. And I can't wait to interview you again with your book coming out again. Do you have that other book? Do I have the other book? Yeah. Do you have your book? book? Yeah. Let's show it. it. Let's show it really quick. Okay. Let me find it. I know. Oh, yeah. (laughs) There it is. I'm a writer. I've got all kinds of, yeah, all copies. I borrowed, I let somebody borrow my copy, so I didn't have it to share. Beautiful. I can't wait for the second iteration. Oh, I love, oh, and I love when I find like old pictures and talking about Aunt Betty, there, there she oh. is. <laughs> oh, isn't that wonderful? Isn't that funny? And there's, yeah, okay. <laughs> and that was in there. I'm glad you told me. <laughs> Betty wanted to make an appearance. Yes. As always, <laughs> Betty likes to make an entrance. <laughs> Thank you for talking with me today. And I can't wait to interview you again in your future. I'm just so proud of all the work that you did over those 10 weeks, how much I saw you grow in those 10 weeks plus and how, well, quite frankly, talented you were born. Mm. You have a lot of that just right there. So it was easy to work with. Oh, thank you. I thank you so much for, for everything you've given me and continue to. And I, I appreciate it so much. Really do. You're welcome. welcome. (laughs) We'll see you you at the next interview. Bye. Bye. Well, as you can see, we covered a lot there in the nearly two hours of talking together. So I want to invite you, if you too are ready to understand and learn to trust and control your personal intuition, go to my website at katesaintclair.com, go to the mentorship page and fill out that brief little application I am interviewing for current mentorship students. So I've made the the space and the time to get you in my program too. And I'd also like to just point out that clearly when I interview, my Northern accent really comes out. And that was everything short of saying, oh gosh, which many women just north of my town absolutely said and say, in everyday conversation. (laughs) So I look forward to seeing you on the inside of my mentorship program. Take care. If you're interested in finding out which is the strongest Claire in you, 
Go to my website at katesaintclair.com and take the quiz, Which Claire Are You? Until next time, remember, it's your birthright to be guided and be great.